0: Welcome to the AHA Process webinar podcast series. In this installment, workplace stability author Ruth Weirich talks about applying the lens of economic class in the business world. Ruth shares low and no-cost strategies employers can use to help entry-level and low-wage employees stabilize their lives. Let's join her now. Good morning, and for some of you, afternoon. I have uh, had the honor of working with AHA Process in various roles for about the last 13 years. And recently, um, I took the core constructs out of Bridges Out of Poverty and reframed that for the business audience in the business sector. So, really, what we're doing with this is discussing how instability is a form of diversity based upon economic class and what a business can do to, um, to get higher retention and productivity from those in their workplace coming from daily instability. Um, Fred Keller from Cascade Engineering was the first business to use this information back in 1999. And Fred said three things after he was exposed to this information. One, he needed to address um, economic diversity just like he did race or gender. Two, he needed to train all of his employees on economic class, whether they had been with him for a short amount of time, an executive, an entry level. And three, he recognized that as a business, he needed to reach out into the community and partner with other nonprofits and organizations to help find the resources that his employees needed so that they could be stable. His retention went from 29% to 71% after he implemented those changes. Susan Chrisman, she is a McDonald's owner-operator of a handful of, of McDonald's, and after she implemented this information on economic class and that diversity in the workplace, her 90-day turnover was 27% less than the national average. Uh, Susan Villano, who is connected with Best Best Cleaners in Schenectady, New York, says that happy employees equal happy clients. And that is why she was interested in working on these opportunities to stabilize the business and stabilize the employee base by looking at the environment of economic class and how that environment impacts work when we 're um, as many of you know, this is a book and this is a workshop, and um, and so you are getting a real cliff notes today in this, you know, uh, of in our in our time together in our hour together. So for nonprofits, and uh, I saw from the poll there are many nonprofits on the phone and or on the webinar, and there are some for profit, but our driving forces as a nonprofit are how to reduce poverty self-sufficiency community sustainability we're all about grants donations how we're going to get our funding we're concerned with quality of life and we very much and openly use the poverty language in our work when we are a business we are concerned with retention and technology and safety and being competitive in our sector. I talked to one CEO that said to me, look, I'm not a social service agency here. I've I got to be competitive. I said, absolutely. That's why we're talking about this stuff. We are concerned about net income because we don't have grants and donations to fund us. And we've started using daily instability when we talk with businesses instead of poverty because many businesses don't want to think that they are still employing somebody that comes um, from poverty or is in poverty. We also talk about cost of turnover. SHRM, the HR group, says that it, it is, uh, costs $3,500 when you lose an employee from, who is entry level. There was another survey that said it was 75% of the annual income of that employee. And in 2012, there was a research of 500 HR professionals that said it was $11,000 an employee, an entry-level employee, when you took into effect the hard and the soft cost of that employee. Everything from the productivity to the hiring processes and the drug testing. So one thing that we do with business and it's in the book and in the day workshop is we work through the cost of the turnover so that we can actually see what's walking out the door in that employee and many times it's going to be an employee with the same kind of patterns that we get back into our employment again so we find that it pays to stabilize with the employees that we have so dr. Payne says that knowledge is the key form a privilege as our social access race and money and how you spend your time determines your knowledge base to a large extent So, many of you are familiar with this mental model. It is um, the mental models that were created by individuals that did live in instability and this is how they said that they spent their time in this environment. We know that relationships are the driving forces in this environment and many times you will have heard an AHA process consultant say that when you're in this environment you don't have AAA you only have Uncle Ray and Uncle Ray might be your electrician or he might be your mechanic. Uncle Ray's wife might be the person that takes care of your child. So your decisions are going to be based upon Uh, that relationship. We know that it's very interlocking. It's soupy. When something happens with your car, many times it impacts your ability to get to work, which then impacts your ability to uh, pay your electric bill or your rent. It's many times uh, a No future story for the individual. They're solving problems for today. They're living in the tyranny of the moment. And they aren't able to think about what tomorrow looks like. We also know that many times the environment of this Economic class that the businesses around that are the pawn shops, the liquor stores, the laundromat. I did this the last time I did it. it was very interesting so if you'll type into your chat uh, I'd like you to tell me how long it takes a mother of three children, a single mom, to do laundry without a car, relying on public transportation, and what does that cost? So if you would type that in okay six hours eight hours 20 bucks 25 bucks yeah takes a long time doesn't it full day I think it depends on how many bus routes you have to take and when we live in stability this is what that mental model looks like we are the driving forces about achievement. We're about getting our kids in the right kind of lessons so that they can be more successful than what we are. How many of you have vacations planned into 2017? It's okay to admit it. you know We're, we're, we're planning ahead. We're willing to work 40-60 hours a week because we're eyeing that next promotion at work. And the businesses that are around that um, environment are bookstores and coffee shops and restaurants and dry cleaners and many many of you know this from from your bridges exposure and and then if you're really really wealthy and if you're looking um, you don't worry about money for tomorrow or for the next few years it's all about connections and you make your decisions on political and social connections and I can guarantee you that vacation in the private villa looks a bit different Or traveling in your personal aircraft or jet, that the waiting room looks a lot different than that Southwest concourse that I was on two weeks ago. I'm going to go back. Um, In the 80s, I was managing a bookstore in Florida, and I had an employee, and he did shipping and receiving for me, and his um, transportation was the city bus. And we had developed a relationship of mutual respect. And when it was raining really hard, like it can in Florida, I would take him home. And it got to be that uh, if I went to the grocery store after work, I would take him with me. And he'd get his groceries, and then I'd take him um, to his mobile home park. And one day, there was a stabbing on the city bus with two girls. And I had on my very solid middle class hat. And started ranting about how could these girls do that, and and this was way before you know shootings and stabbings um, were were part of our daily occurrence. And uh, Darren said to me, "Ruth, I carry a blade in my boot." I said, "You have a blade in your boot right now?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "Oh, you know, if I ever see that, I'm going to need to terminate you." But what I know now is that for his housing and for his transportation, he felt that he needed that for his security. But when he was at work, he did not need that. He was code-switching between those two environments. we also know that this environment creates a lot of pain for both the employer and the employee and we're just going to look at a few of these uh, and we we look at all of them in the workshop or in the book but one of them is agency time what is agency time you know when you're making minimal wage or ten dollars an hour it doesn't meet all of your needs and and you have to go out to these nonprofits for housing and electricity and food and and get supplemented to make your ends meet. One Carol Stegman, who's a Getting Ahead graduate graduate in Ohio, she's um, a Bridges trainer, and she's really has worked at stabilizing she said that in her lowest point she was going to 20 agencies 20 agencies at one time again in your chat tell me the hours in your community that your agencies are open 8 to 5 so if I'm working the 8 to 5 shift the 9 to 5 shift then I'm going to have to be absent from work to get my needs met for life, to balance that life work, so that creates a pain for both the employee and the business. Um, okay, so eight to four, eight nine to four ten. Do I see? shelter 24-7 7 7 to 9 that's cool 7 to 10 that's great so folks can come and do that outside of their work hours Uh, the other one is crime and safety I had a guy in Memphis tell me that um, one morning he had an employee said say to me I'm out of here my daughter just my 10 year old daughter just called me and said there was a person trying to break in the house so again we we would do that too with our children but relationships takes precedent over work many many times and individuals who are living in instability many times are dealing with crime and and um Drugs and predatory lending that we as in a stable environment are not facing. Again, these are patterns that we see. Not everybody fits into the patterns. So we want to keep that in mind. And the last one we'll look at is entertainment. Uh, Entertainment varies from the economic class that we're in. Many times entertainment and instability is um, we will have a lot of television but our jokes are more about sex and people in stability it's more about situation and in wealth it's more about social faux pas again these are patterns my dad always used to tell a joke about two older gentlemen that um, were talking and the one guy said I have cataracts and the other guy said oh I drive a Lincoln okay you can put your ha-ha, that wasn't funny, anything like that into the text box. But again, it's about situations. And um, and so, have you ever been in the break room at work and somebody says something and it's part of their entertainment, their humor but it falls dead and it kind of empties the break room that is this difference um, in, in entertainment um, and I want to say that there there are pains but if we can shift the way we do business recognizing this environment then we will get an employee that has tons of qualities that they will bring to work with them they are individuals that are resilient and hardworking and persistent they're solving problems all day long we just need to understand that environment and And uh, possibly change the few things we do in our workplace so this is the reality at work on the left side uh, is the instability on the right side is the stability so when you're living in instability the thinking is very concrete and at work as an employee many times you feel very powerless you're dealing with instability all day long, all week long. You're living in the tyranny of the moment. And it doesn't matter how many hours you work. If you're working at minimum wage at $10 an hour, the math doesn't work. You just don't have enough money. And it's very reactive problem solving. Now managers at work and the business itself, the business owner, many times are thinking very abstractly. We're talking about the marketing plan, the strategic plan, the IPO. They feel very powerful and business and the manager are more predictable. Uh, you know, We can argue that you might have a manager that isn't predictable at all. Um, looking at the long view, we're looking three, five, seven years out and how we continue to be strategic in our sector how we can be competitive many times we are looking at financial stability again these are patterns you might be working with a company that doesn't have financial stability and and is can't look at the long time because long view because they're living in the tyranny of the moment so th- these again are patterns and many times business and managers are thinking proactively in their problem solving So the one thing that we do uh, in the in the book and in the workshop is we look at the 11 resources and how these 11 resources impact. I'm not going to list them all here. You can read them. We go in a lot more detail uh, when we have more time. Instability is the extent to which an employee does without resources. We know that they're interlocking and they affect each other. They're passed along from our parents, our family, our friends, our connections. Businesses and the community has a responsibility for growing the resources of the individuals. When we understand the resources of our employees, then we can informally informally mentor our employees into stronger resources. We can shift the way that we train our employees, or the way we talk with our employees. The relationships that we have with them and the knowledge of the hidden rules, the resources. So we'll just look at a few, again, uh, emotional resources. When you have an employee with a low emotional resource, you're going to have somebody that Is impulsive it might engage in self-destructive behavior you might have a lot of fighting when you have somebody with a high emotional resource they're rarely impulsive they are going to be able to confront other employees and still have solid relationships with them Um, we talk about voices in um, training and we know that there's the child voice the adult voice and the parent voice so they use the apparent adult voice when they're dealing with conflict and the employee that has the higher uh, resource is going to also be the employee that uh, is more productive more stable in your workplace I had I worked with a guy once um, and his emotional resource was low, I always called his coworker and said, Hey, how's Joe today? You know, oh, oh, don't need to talk to him then. I'll wait another day. Um, questions as a manager or supervisor that you can ask about resources and emotional, is there evidence that the employee has persistence? And Does this employee have a coping strategy for for situations that really knock them off of their emotional base or do they always resort to high hitting or anger or verbal abuse, etc. And again, these are things that you can help grow with an employee. The other one is hidden rules, Um, the unspoken cues and habits of a group. We know that hidden rules arise from the environment that one lives in. One set is not better than another. The more rules you know, the more success you have. The more access you have to hidden rules, the more power that you have. We can use hidden rules internally in our business to build relationships, understanding, reduce conflict, and to build our resources. It can help us as a manager to navigate different and difficult situations. The hidden rules also allow us to understand our own behaviors and then how those behaviors are similar or different than some of our other employees. And based on this information of hidden rules, we can develop more effective policies, procedures, a stronger employee manual uh, by knowing these. So again, with hidden rules, do you have employees that only come to work with the rules of the street? And what happens, you know, I talked to a Getting Ahead graduate in Greeley, Colorado, and Renee said that she was in a Getting Ahead class with a woman that only used the rules of the street at work. And I said, how did that work for her? She said she got fired for yelling at a a customer. So we have to teach our employees how to code code switch between the language that they would use on the street, the language that we expect at work. Um, And then if you have somebody with a very high knowledge of hidden rules, they know how to negotiate the boardroom, the executive level, the country club. And also, hopefully, our goal is to teach executives the hidden rules of instability so that they can better navigate that as well with employees. Questions that we can ask about hidden rules. Does this employee know the hidden rules of work? Dr. Payne always says that you have to give up relationships for a period of time for achievement. So is the employee willing to do that? um we've we've all done that i dare say as you know it might be when you were getting you were working 40 50 hours a week and getting your masters in the evening um, something like that are we willing to give up some of that relationship for the achievement and for work and what can we do at work around hidden roles direct teach the hidden roles teach that there are two or three sets of rules, mainly in business we're dealing with two sets. Understand the hidden rules of your workplace. Here we're talking specifically about the hidden rules of economic class, but there are hidden rules in your business as well that keep individuals from being successful. Uh, When I was president of Haha Process, in the orientation process I would always say, you know, what what are the top here are the top 10 hidden rules of aha process. you know why did I do that? It helped people be uh, um, you know um, more successful more quickly. Why weren't they in the employee manual? Yeah you know some of them were too political. Uh, some of them are as simple as and, and I'll, I'll tell you the his this hidden rules if you're going to have dinner with Dr. Payne and she says seven please get there at 6:45. Um, Otherwise, you have broken one of her hidden rules. Um, Anyway, we talk about hidden rules, and then we also talk about language. And we go into these different areas of language. But today, what I want to say about language is that uh, pro-literacy did um, um, research. that In the United States, adults 16 or older uh, 14% are at the fifth grade level 29% are at the eighth grade level 43% live in poverty and this spells trouble for employers trouble so in 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 uh, 2012 when president obama did his state of the union address he used an eighth grade comprehension level we didn't know it it didn't offend us but he was able to get his message out to more citizens so that everybody could understand it. When if if we understand this, then it can impact our training manuals, our instructions, our onboarding or new employee orientation, and that also impacts the productivity. Um, Before you leave the HR office, all of us have to sign a sexual harassment form. Which is written in legal ease. If I know I can't leave this office until I sign the form, so I did that, but now I'm back in HR being accused of sexually harassing a fellow coworker, and you're saying to me, But I signed this form. Well yes I did. But I didn't know what it meant or what the words meant in that legal ease. So With our employees we need to teach them formal register as well as uh, understand that they are going to come into our organization our business with casual register. Again these are patterns. Um, We want to encourage our employees to understand casual register as well as formal register and translate those forms it could be that the attorney says you can't change that sexual harassment form but you can supplement that with videos and mental models drawing stories analogies to help get the message across and just um, as a brief example here so if you have been promoted into a supervision position and you have are coming out of daily instability or if you are a supervisor of individuals living in daily instability there are going to be issues around language and story structure and the the voices um, that we talk about the parent the child the story structure being circular or A straightforward abstract versus concrete how individuals view their time and spend their time the driving force of relationships transportation is huge and the knowledge of hidden rules. So, now what? What do we do? Now that we know this information about the environment, uh, many times policies, procedures, training, benefits are created by the um, owners and the executives of the company, but we also have these employees that are up and comers. They have different needs, different solutions. And so, what we are asking employers to do after they understand that is to consider doing business differently and the one thing that we um, highly recommend is a resource network for employers Uh, James Vanderholz has a company called employer resource network and they work with consortiums of business to just like Fred Keller said I recognize I need help from the community to help stabilize my employees. That's what employer resource networks do. Uh, Many times they have a coach or a resource coordinator that actually goes into the business and spends hours based upon the um, business size, helping employees stabilize, helping them solve life problems whether that be um, the electric bill or the bus ticket or the transportation um, a broken hot water heater etc so we highly recommend an employer resource uh, network Um, getting ahead many of you are familiar with uh, getting ahead and um, we recommend that one business put it on their wellness offerings Um, if you have good relationships between your supervisor and the employee, they can recommend that this would be a good option for you as an employee. We recommend that you do this with a nonprofit in your organization. It's not easy to look at poverty and examine poverty in your life, and the last thing you want is your supervisor or an HR manager looking over your head. But we know uh, from the research done by Waller in the um, Indiana University that people who have gone through getting ahead are more stable in their positions Um, again I want you to chat about ways that employers in your neighborhood in your communities have have created programs, policies, and procedures to help employees stabilize more in their businesses, which in the end stabilizes the business, increases the productivity. It provides opportunity for both the employee and the employer. So some things that others have done, uh, on-site health clinic. They have a a huge call center, so they have a health clinic uh, on-site. then uh, these people answering the phones can go down in 15-20 minutes be back answering the phones again if you haven't been banked for your life you don't know how to even operate a bank account so helping somebody establishing a bank account and how to use it tuition reimbursement many times we do it for a masters but how about including English as a second language GED, teaching financial literacy um, the Income Advance Program is a way to, to give an employee who has been with you three months or longer seven hundred and fifty dollars to $1,000 within 24 hours, whether that be they need new tires, um, they need something in their house um, to pay a bill, etc. And then, and then the money is automatically deducted from their payroll. We want everybody to have livable wages and health insurance wherever, ever possible. Uh, in the training programs, we encourage you to talk about economic class, the hidden rules, um, the resources. One guy told me that they do book clubs for sensitive subjects like bullying so that it's done in a, a very comfortable way and not some supervisor or manager um, p- pushing down about, about no bullying at work flex time is not about me as an employer keeping you under 30 hours so that I don't have to pay you uh, benefits it's about an employer an employee talking together about what works best maybe it's best for me at to come in at nine o'clock because of elder care child care chair woo, child care or bus routes um, I might need A lunch break at 1 o'clock instead of 12 o'clock because that's the best time for me to go to my agencies to get some of these supporting time. We all know that individuals have this relationship driving force and so one program paired every employee with a mentor and that mentor Uh, They had an agreement that if they were thinking of quitting, they would call that mentor and many times the mentor could talk them off that emotional. We also know that in new employee orientation, if you can give them information uh, in more just in time, over a longer period of time, that's more concrete, that they will uh, be able to absorb that better and be more successful. transportation alternatives, daycare alternatives, it could be that you pay for a cab two times a month if you have an employee that has um, issues with transportation. So I'd love for you to type in what you see businesses in your community doing that have stabilized the employees, thus stabilizing the business. This is the business model that we have created internally here at AHA process. Um, So the business piece, pairing that with all the other work that's going on in your communities around Bridges and all the other sectors that you're touching. Also implementing this employer resource network that's binding all three of you together, the business, the nonprofit sector, and supporting the employees. Any questions about this material I I know I was talking really really fast Uh, there's a day's worth of information in here that uh, we share with employers or or nonprofits that work very closely with the businesses in your community I have a nice document about um, employer resource networks Uh, employer resource networks are um, seeing great responses they are seeing return on investments of three to four hundred percent based on what they're contributing each year and they're seeing retention rates in the low and Low 90s, high 90s, depending on what their businesses are, and um, based upon people that have um, uh, received services, and um, so I have a nice article, and I'll ask David to uh, include that when he sends the slides. I think it's ERN-USA calm as well, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, South you're talking about a, an employer resource network. Um, I am not familiar of a resource network in Southwest Ohio. Um, there are some resource networks. Oh, Toledo is starting. okay. okay. Uh, And I know that there's a community in in the middle of Ohio that's looking at a resource network, but I'm not sure that they've finalized that um, yet. Um, There are some resource networks in uh, Vermont and uh, in the Schenectady, New York area. Um, Liddy Romero has a nice resource network in Denver, Colorado. I know there's a resource network in the state of Washington. Some of them have different names. Um, Bonnie Bazada is starting an employer resource network in Tucson. Um, the the employer resource network name is branded. So if you're working under the James Vanderholst model, where every community does a lot of things the same, then um, it is uh, employer resource network, and then. Um, Some of them have different names. Um, I'm not sure about Central Virginia. You know the beauty about a resource network is that some somebody is the hub, um, but many times you're using existing nonprofits, so you already have a person that deals with the electricity needs, and um, you have, you have your food banks, and you have the people that help your health clinics, and so it's about accessing those various resources, and um, and not not starting. Um, from scratch, but you're all already using the resources in your community. Um, I'd be happy to talk Tom to your brother-in-law, um, um, Susan Chrisman, and um, I'd be happy to connect him to to Susan Chrisman, who has uh, the McDonald franchises. Yeah, I think what, what is uh, great is that you want um, to have the, the perfect model would be that your uh, business executives and managers would be trained on the environment so that changes could be created internally uh, about how to work more effectively with that uh, group of employees that, that diversity um, and then the perfect scenario involves getting ahead offered to employees so that they can understand that business most often runs on middle-class norms and then to have the resource network that keeps employees at work and productive other questions How do you find an employer resource network I I think the first thing I would do is probably go to ern.us.com and uh, I think they have uh, some of the networks divided out there by regions if I remember James's website well enough and again you can start one okay well I don't see any more questions Rooster. if you're okay we can bring this to a close Stop the recording and uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, folks. Uh, we appreciate your time, and Ruth, we appreciate your time as well. I found that very interesting. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, folks. Have a good one. Bye bye. Bye, everybody. This has been an AHA Process webinar podcast. Visit ahaprocess.com for more. Royalty-free music, courtesy of sound.com.